Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe, and this is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. And today is no exception. We have two great guests, but first, a thank you to our sponsor. The Real Estate Espresso Podcast is brought to you by International Coffee Farms. Based in Boquete, Panama, International Coffee Farms owns and operates 10 specialty coffee farms. These farms are subdivided into half-acre parcels, many of which are available to people interested in owning offshore real estate. These can be purchased for as little as $18,000. Your land will be managed on your behalf and will produce cash flow in perpetuity. I've got to know the principles of International Coffee Farms over the last several years, and they run a quality operation. Have a listen to episode 121 with CEO and founder, Mr. David Sewell, where we talk about investing in coffee farmland as a safe and diversified offshore investment. To find out more, visit internationalcoffeefarms.com. That's internationalcoffeefarms.com. We are back interviewing two gentlemen from Chicago. We have Ricardo Rodriguez and Matthew Messick. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. You're relatively new in the fix and flip business in Chicago. You've only been at it a few years Talk to me a little bit about your origin story. How did you decide to even get in the business in 2015? A couple of years before that, I was a full-time accountant. Ricardo was a full-time engineer. And then we were doing wholesale deals on the side. And after doing that for a couple of years, you know, we decided we're going to do this or not. And we uh, decided to both leave our jobs and start full-time in uh, the beginning of 2015 and do, doing fix and flips. We started small doing cosmetic rehabs in the, the suburbs. And now we do a lot of full gut rehabs and second floor additions in the city of Chicago and the Northwest and North sides. So the North side of Chicago certainly has seen the most appreciation. You know, I've been investing in Chicago myself for a number of years. And what I discovered is that in particular, the North side saw value shoot up very significantly, especially 2014, 2015 and beyond South side, not so much. How have you decided what particular pockets, what particular neighborhoods to focus on? Honestly, it's mainly been just from our knowledge of the market itself. The neighborhoods that we go into have really good school districts. They're close to the highway. There's a metro station nearby, or they're just hot areas like Edgewater, which you know it's right next to Lake Michigan. There's a the uh, Northwestern is right by there. Loyola is right by there. Kind of just a lot of different factors, and then we don't go into the luxury market because that that has been kind of tapering off in the last couple of years. And we, I say luxury market, you know, in the one point four, one point five million dollar, you know, single family house. So you're focusing on product where the, the end price is under a million dollars, so that you you don't get priced into that luxury segment of the market, right? Right. Most of our ARVs are between I would say on the lower end around five thirty, and on the higher end, uh, mid eight hundreds, high eight hundreds. We've seen a very significant increase in prices, in particular construction prices this past year. In fact, even in the last 90 days, we've seen softwood lumber prices increase almost 25%. How is that impacting you? How is it impacting the work that you're doing right now? Now, our rehab numbers haven't increased per se, uh, just because we do a lot of volume and we our construction crews are in-house, so we're kind of able to manage maybe an increase in pricing by lowering the labor a little bit more by giving the guy, giving the guys a lot more projects to work on. Is there a particular type of project that you would say is your perfect project? Yeah, our bread and butter. Uh, we usually purchase from two to two fifty. We put in two to two fifty of uh, rehab. Yeah, like Ricardo said, we sell anywhere from five to eight hundred. But our bread and butter, because Chicago has a lot of bungalows. We do a lot of pop tops where, you know, obviously you got the peak ceilings and there's not really, you know, you have two bedrooms, no bathroom, you know, families, there's not a lot of room there. So uh, we pop the top and do, you know, square off the entire new second floor and have three bedrooms, two bathrooms up there, master suite, 
uh, master walk-in closet. And then what we like to do on the first floor is we have everything like wide open and just like have a half bath, pantry. And then when you open the front door, you know, because Chicago doesn't have a lot of room, you have a lot of uh, standard lot sizes. Correct. So you open the front door, you see all the way back to the back of the house, an open wide kitchen, you know, with all the bells and whistles, with the granite or quartz countertops, uh, stainless steel, you know, usually a French doors that open up onto a deck in the back. Nowadays, everyone likes to open concept floor plans. So you have all the bedrooms and baths upstairs. And then usually in the basement, you have like a rec room down there with a um, bed and bath also. So it's kind of our, our bread and butter that we do over and over and over again. And it, we kind of have it systematized now where we know what to do, where, where to buy at. Uh, we actually do a lot of blind offers and that helps us to actually get in, you know, inventory has been uh, going down. We do still buy a lot of stuff in the MLS. A lot of people complain that there's not anything on the MLS to buy. But we put in an offer like the same morning things are listed. And we've won bids where there's like 20 other offers on the listing. And we've also won the listing when someone else has had even a higher offer because we're known in the marketplace. We know uh, other realtors and listing agents and they know that we can close. So things like that. And that's, that's basically our bread and butter. Yeah, because generally speaking, if there's 20 offers, I almost never want to be the winning bidder. Because that means I'm almost by definition paying too much. How do you mitigate against that? Well, we never go too high. We always like run our numbers. We know our numbers need to be at. If they list at the right market price and you put the bid in at the you know at the asking price, we bid out other people that put in the asking price. Now, if someone wants to bid way over and pay way more for that, then you know, if they win that, that's that. You know, we walk away. Uh, so we always stick, you know, stick discipline and shoot our numbers. You never overbid. But a lot of times people will see it, they'll wait a day or two, and then they'll put an offer. And by then, we already have it under contract. So that's more, it's about the speed of market, speed to put in the offer, come in strong, earn us money, and get under contract before someone else can decide if, what they want to offer. How do you scale a business like this? Because obviously, uh, flipping houses is uh, very labor intensive. It's very management intensive. From my point of view, whether you're building a single unit or 10 units, from my point of view, as a, as a business leader, the effort's almost the same. So if you're building 10 single family homes, you're doing 10 times as much work as it's taking me to do one 10 unit building. How do you scale the people side, the human side? Doesn't that become the limiting factor for you? Well, we would like to move into the, the new construction. So uh, we want to move into the new construction, but as far as what we're doing now to scale it, uh, you have to put in the right strategic partners that you know, know what they're doing. So we have a great construction team in place now where we have 40 guys in house and we're scaling that aspect of the business. And then on the capital raising side, because deals of uh, this project level, uh, this, this capital level, you have to have enough capital partners and private lenders in place to be able to scale the deal size and the capital at the same time. And with that, we're actually opening a brokerage right now uh, the next couple of weeks. So we'll be able to also grow and get more off-market deals and more deals in general. So you got to look at the entire business at the same time and grow all aspects and just you know, know where you're at and where you need to be. One of the things that I've noticed in the Chicago market, even from a building code standpoint, it's much more demanding than other markets. You know, For example, cable in conduits and things like that, that we don't have to necessarily deal with in other markets. How do you deal with that when you open the Pandora's box of an existing building and you're now retrofitting into an existing building? You end up having to bring up even stuff that was completed, bring that up to the new code. How do you deal with that? That's the beautiful thing about what we do, where... Every single project that we do is a full gut. So we go with, in mind with the fact that we're going to replace every single thing about the house except the exterior walls and maybe the floor joists on the first floor. And that's about it. I mean, everything else is brand new. New electrical, new HVAC, new plumbing, new, 
even the floor joists for the second floor because we want to open up the floor plan we do you know we do the joists that allow us not to have any supporting walls so it, we just go in mind with the fact that we're going to replace everything so you're almost doing new construction you're not calling it that but it's almost new construction where you keep the exterior structure but it's a new building on the inside Right. On our listings, we call it 90% new construction or almost new construction, right, which right. is essentially what it is. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of demand for that product, in particular in the core of the city where people like the older architecture. Uh, they like the character of that. It gives you the opportunity to do things on the interior like exposed brick that you can't otherwise do. It can often create a very desirable product. Who's your ideal buyer for the finished product? Is there a particular target client that you have? Yes, because of our price point, because we're, you know, between five, like I said, between 530 and 800 or high 800s, our ideal buyer is somebody who right now owns a condo downtown Chicago and is looking to just got married and, you know, the one or two bedroom condo is, condo is becoming too small. So he's trying to move out, get a bigger place, but not necessarily go out to the suburbs. They would still want to stay within the city and, still be able to be in a good school district but near the city enough where they could either take the l you know blue line brown line or red line whatever they want to take down to the city because that's where they work right so it's a somebody who's buying a second home their second home very interesting so they're moving out of the condo into a city house as opposed to a, you know the four bedroom house in the suburbs that's correct a very important segment of the market to go after and there's a, certainly a growing trend uh, for people that want to live in the city, they want walkable communities, they want to w- walk to the art gallery, walk to the coffee shop, kind of return to a little bit of almost a more European lifestyle that uh, has kind of eluded North America for, for quite some time. And in a city like Chicago, is very walkable, right? I mean, Matt here probably, he didn't own a car for years because you know, a lot of the time you don't need to. Most people actually sell their cars and just Uber everywhere because the city's so walkable, there's a train stop nearby at any point and you know, you could yeah, like I said, you can pretty much walk anywhere. Yeah, I, I love that. I love what you're saying. If you fast forward the next 12, 24 months, what's what's in your future? We're looking to ramp up a lot more volume. Um, we just got a tr- strategic partnership in place a few months ago that's going to allow us to do a lot more volume. We're putting more infrastructure in place. Um, like I said, we have the brokerage uh, up and running. We're going to start hiring a lot of agents. Um, there's actually a brokerage in Boston that's pretty big. That's an investor investor-focused brokerage first. And they ramped up pretty quick within three years, went from a few agents to 200 agents. And uh, we just got back from checking out their office for a week, a couple weeks ago. And we're looking to replicate replicate that business model in Chicago. Uh, so we're looking to do a lot more volume, a lot more acquisitions, uh, build our construction infrastructure and raise more capital. So just uh, grow bigger in, uh, overall. If someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? You could reach us at two different places. Uh, email uh, info at parkplacepropertygroup.com. Uh, we also have our own podcast. You can check that out at profitsoverwages.co. Uh, and that's where we interviewed highly successful business owners and entrepreneurs every week of the year. Most of them are in Chicago. Most are in the real estate industry. I love it. So again. Yeah. Info at parkplacepropertygroup.com. Our website is parkplacepropertygroup.com. Uh, also for our podcast, ProfitsOverWages.co. That's ProfitsOverWages.co. And Profits Over Wages can be found on all, most of the major platforms, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and all the various yeah, platforms. everything, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Well, gentlemen, great to connect with you, to both meet you here at the Podcast Movement Conference. Uh, really looking forward to spending some more time with you. And uh, next time I'm in Chicago, I'll definitely connect with you as well. 
Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, gentlemen. And for the listeners, flipping houses is not an easy business. You definitely something you want to go into very carefully. And this is a business where there's a number of things that need to come together. You've got to find the right deals, but more importantly, you've got to have the right people because a good deal badly managed is no deal. You've got to have the right people. It's so critical. And what these gentlemen have done is they've managed to put together a team that is moving from project to project. They have a staff of 40 people. That's something to pay very close attention to. This is a very active business. You know, there's different types of real estate investing. Some people think about real estate investing as mailbox money, as passive income. And in my experience, there are very few businesses on the planet that actually deliver passive income. This is a very active business and it is going to generate and is generating residual income, but it's, it's generating residual income because they've put some scale behind it. They've got teams working on this and it's the teams that make it successful. Business is a team sport. So as you're thinking about that, check out Profits Over Wages and have a great rest of your weekend. Make some great things happen and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.